So wait, you guys are hanging out in Tacoma together? I'm going on the train. Taking the train to Tacoma. It sounds yeah. like sounds like a country song. <laughs> <laughs> Betty, do you have a beer? I do. You have and a it's beer not in Nkasi. And you have a mustache and your beer is not in Nkasi. We'll go around later. I just wanted to make sure you had a beer. So that when we got to that portion, that you'd be you'd be prepared and we wouldn't need to take another break. But this is episode six of the Belligerent Beeves podcast. What's up, Beaver fam? Thank you for tuning in. The podcast that might not be sponsored by Ninkasi Brewing Company, but is apparently sponsored by the Tour de France. There was beaver flavor in France today, front and center on the TV, representation, orange and black, the flying beaver shark, getting a lot of love. We are all over the place. Uh, coincidentally, on the same day that the Under Review published an essay about the Tour de France, I don't don't think so. I think it could maybe be because Oregon State was better at participating in the Tour de Francia than any other school, but maybe because we keep referring to Corvallis, Oregon as the Paris of the Pacific Northwest, which it is. But yeah, Oregon State at the Tour de France. You guys see that on Twitter? I think the French caught wind of it, but honestly, they should have used the old school Benny, not the flying Nutria shark. But either way, <laughs> go Beeves represented i don't see i don't see a duck flag anywhere exactly. at the tour de france so. tour de france the real peloton I, well i think whoever did it is clearly a belligerent beeves listener and should have just printed our logo onto a flag on like custom ink or something we'll work on getting a uh, first getting belligerent beeves merch and then getting belligerent beeves merch to france but that was a fun day maker jp thank you uh for pointing that out shout out to uh reader joy on twitter I sent it to my dad and then my dad just couldn't figure out how to use Twitter. So <laughs> I just took a picture of it and sent it back. If you don't have a Twitter account and someone like paste a tweet into a text, it just doesn't show up at all. And you have to try and sign into Twitter. I have no idea. You should still just be able to view it because it's a website. Yeah, but he's like 60 plus and he's trying to use technology. Wait, you refer to your dad's age as 60 plus? Yeah. Like, do you, you don't do you know? know? Do you know how old your dad is, Betty? Yeah. He's 63. He was born in 1958. So that would make him 63. <laughs> right? If I'm doing math right. Yeah, he's 63 means, years old. It means he's turning 63 this year. He, wait, he already had his birthday. Okay. Do you, so you know when your dad's birthday is? Yeah, he's like 63 and a half almost. Like, right. okay. <laughs> well, shout out, shout out to Joey Hidge, uh, if, if you're listening. The other day making a social media bit from this past week was the nice little shout out we got from at Beave Recruiting. Thank you, Beave Recruiting. That uh, gave us a nice little spike in our numbers. We really appreciate you. Well, we want you to come on the pod. Hit us up in our DMs. We're not sure who you are. Benny thinks you're someone who went to college with us, who has their own social media presence and no reason to be secret whatsoever. So um, it's a hunch. It's, pro it's probably not you. That would be, I'm just going to say his name, Brandon Jossa. Hi, Brandon Jossa. You can come on the pod too. <laughs> After the takeover episode, it's basically just open season for anyone who wants to come on the pod and talk about Oregon State. Uh, but thank you at Beaver Recruiting. Uh, thank you to everyone who's been listening so far. Everyone in the Beaver fam, we really appreciate you. We're seeing our, our, our numbers go up with each episode and uh, the followers increasing on social media. And we really appreciate that. Great to know that you're listening. Uh, we're going to keep making these whether people
people listen or not, but obviously it's uh, it's more fun to have everyone listening. And also we talked a little bit about former Beaver running back Storm Woods last episode and Storm responded and now follows us on Twitter. So Storm is part of the belligerent Beaver fam. What's up, Storm? Yeah. Storm, Storm is everyone. a Bruin. Love yeah. it. Love to see that interaction. Shouts to Storm Woods. <laughs> one of my favorite Beaver running backs ever. So is Storm Woods beef recruiting? Storm Woods could be beef recruiting. That would make sense, actually. Yeah. He's a Texas guy. We're getting high profile recruits. Not all of them are from Texas, but you know, it's a big football state. But he's also plugged in with the athletic department. He's got sources. Exactly. That's my guess. Stormwoods is beef recruiting. I think beef at beef recruiting is co-run by Stormwoods and Alexis Serna. And Brandon Jossa. <laughs> <laughs> and, Brandon, and, our, and our friend Brandon Jasa. Um, yeah, just out, out of the local boys. You know, if you're a recruit and you come to Corvallis and you eat at local boys, you're not you're not getting on that bus down to Eugene. You're staying right where you are. So yeah, that that was awesome. And I also didn't do a ton of research on this, but JP, I think you are a little more up to date on the story. Chloe Zinda is a very rich young woman, and we want her to come on the pod and sponsor us. What what was this story and why do we care jp so she was like the winner of the million dollar lottery in oregon for being vaccinated and of course i didn't win which i'm furious about but if there was gonna be someone else that won i'm glad it is a fellow beeve so she's got a lot of money at her disposal at this point she has probably not a whole lot of expenses given she's still a college student and i think the wise choice for her and her future is to invest her money in sponsoring our podcast. So Chloe, come on the pod. We'd love to hear your story. Tell us about where you got vaccinated, what it was like, who poked you in the arm. What and kind then, of shot? What kind of shot? That's we, actually what everyone always wants to know. What vaccine did you get? Should we, should we go around and say which vaccinations each of us got? Because I, sure, I don't but know like, that a nice. But what if we all have the same one? That's kind of boring. Then, okay. Well, then we'll spend 10 seconds on it and move on. Yeah. All right. We hate you. I cannot get over your fucking mustache. Uh, what, <laughs> what vaccination? did you get <laughs> the Johnson and Johnson Ooh, Ooh, the, the one shotter but they're also worried about oh, that wait, guy. Hold on. Can... no I didn't get the Johnson and Johnson <laughs> I had the two shotter oh my god you guys Ben doesn't know his father's age he doesn't know his father's birthday it's taking him 45 minutes to figure his microphone out he doesn't know what vaccination shot he got but he does have a mustache <laughs> that can be confirmed I live life floating above reality but what <laughs> I got the non-moderna one because I didn't I didn't get very sick from it. All right. You got Pfizer. JP, what did you get? <laughs> I got <laughs> Pfizer with a P. <laughs> Pfizer with a P. <laughs> I, did, I did get the Johnson & Johnson about a week before it got recalled because of the blood clots. And now there's a new thing. What's the new thing? You can get some syndrome that like paralyzes you. Mm. <laughs> seems like a seems like the type of broad, vague, well-researched take we should be, you know, reporting <laughs> on our podcast. Yeah. Um, if if you got the Johnson and Johnson uh, vaccine, maybe you know, do do some research. Like I will be doing after this, and uh, please do not tell your relatives who won't get vaccinated that you can <laughs> that the Johnson and Johnson shot will paralyze you. I got it three months ago, and I feel great. So Good. there you go. Real quick, going back to. Chloe, did either one of you guys listen to her press conference? Because she was up there with the <laughs> governor, Kate Brown, getting a gigantic check for a million dollars. And they had her on TV. I didn't listen to it, but I can only imagine what was said. 
Did she only win a million dollars? Only? Yeah. What, <laughs> what money bags are you sitting on that we don't I know? Mean, I, when you hear someone winning a lottery, it's generally a lot more than a million dollars. Yeah. All she had to do was get a vaccine. <laughs> All you have to do ticket. to win the lottery is pick a fucking number. Yeah, we had to know. buy that. I th- Hey, I think it's fucking great. I didn't mean to sound like a million dollars wouldn't be a life-changing sum of money. It's just, okay, so she won a million dollars. Good for you, Chloe. Um, I just think that lessens the chance that she'll give a million dollars to a fledgling podcast, but maybe she will. We are the only Andre Nicotina-themed Oregon State sports podcast on the internet, Chloe, because we're <laughs> innovators. So come call it. And if you have never listened to Andre Nicotina before, which you probably haven't, hit him up on Spotify. He's good stuff. Did somebody say, done Mo? Done Mo. We hate you were about to say something through your mustache. No, I was just curious as to if you guys had listened to her press conference because I can't imagine what else would they have said other than congratulations, you have a million dollars for not doing anything other than being responsible. (laughs) I didn't hear it. But yes, I would imagine it wasn't that entertaining. Moving on from press conferences, none of us listen to. This is a podcast about beaver sports and about friendship and about nonsense and also about beer. Uh, We all just crack deliciously refreshing beverages. Uh, JP, we're going to start with you on the beer blast this evening because you you had some big plans. You said the words to me, I'm going triple. And I don't know what that means. And I don't think our listeners know what that means. So please enlighten us all right i'm going triple and what i mean by that is i am drinking a triple ipa makes sense so not triple ipas i'm literally drinking an ipa that is a triple i don't even know what that means but it's a triple so it's very boozy i like boozy sometimes it's from odd muse brewing company in farmer's branch texas Oh, okay. So, so I believe you were in Massachusetts last time and you, uh, yeah, yeah, you're, you're going all over the place. I'm just now, now I'm going South before I complete the loop back to the great Pacific Northwest. But what's nice about this beer is it's from Texas and it's also where our rescue puppy is coming from tomorrow. So shout out to unnamed puppy coming tomorrow. New, new so, puppy in the, in the beaver fam. I love it. Yeah. What, what kind of dog is it? She's like a pit lab mix, but they also think she's plot hound, which I'd never heard of, but they hunt bears. What? Yes. They lose a lot? <laughs> I, I honestly have no idea. I've seen the dog, though. When you look up a plot hound, you'll actually be like, oh, yeah, I've seen that dog. But she's kind of like a like a skinny looking brown lab that's got that brindle color. You know, that's it's like the cool. stripy color. So, okay. yeah. It's cool. I like that. So you're drinking a triple IPA, JP. Do you have two more of those triple IPAs in your beer fridge in that basement of yours? I only have one. And I actually get these from not a plug, but definitely something to check out if you're interested in trying beers from all over the US. Tavor is a direct-to-consumer beer delivery service, and they will curate a box for you based upon your interest in beers. Tavor, how do you spell that? T-A-V-O-U-R. T-A-V-O-U-R dot com. Use promo code belligerent at checkout for no discount <laughs> at all. But maybe maybe one day before you're officially on our sponsor target list. <laughs> slide into our DMs or don't. Either way, we'll we'll keep uh we'll keep calling. All right. Well, that sounds delicious, JP. Benjamin Lawrence, Sebastian Mustache, we age. I'm not cutting it anytime soon. It's just gonna I get can't bigger. see anything else on my screen right now. But my girlfriend 
son asked me about every hour to shave it off too. So, but it's not coming <laughs> off. It's going to stake on at least until Purdue. So you won't have a girlfriend in Purdue. <laughs> yeah. right. Single guys, you and me, buddy. Uh, sweet. Well, what, uh, what kind of beer is, uh, joining your mustache? I'm uh, getting a lot of black view quarter in my mustache tonight. Ooh, it classic. Is, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It was my mom's favorite beer growing up. So we have always had it in the house. And as a kid, I didn't really, well, as a kid growing up in my teens when I was. That's, that's what put the starting. mustache on your face. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So I had this beer when I was younger and I hated it. But as I've gotten older, I've grown to really, really like it. And I don't think that I've stepped outside of the Pacific Northwest because I've gone to Nkasi, <laughs> the beer that we stole from JP's house. We did. I bought that. This is the second time you've mentioned we stole it from jp <laughs> i bought it it I was in jp's house I gave it time you because i like you you the, stole my course lights bud lights bud lights yeah. you didn't you gave them to us because you didn't want them there's i was leaving there's a lot of slander flying back and forth on this pod you guys i don't like this right now <laughs> I haven't stepped outside in the state of Oregon yet. And I'm going to probably keep it that way. There's a lot of great brewers that have come out of Oregon state, actually. So I'll probably stick with that theme. And you, you haven't had any of their (laughs) beers yet though. Hey, the guys that started to shoot with the Oregon state. That is true. Right. I think so. No. Should we fact check this? That's not fact check. Let's just say it's true. I wasn't sure. Let's just say it's true. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. We don't need to fact check it. This is not a fact checking podcast. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they came from OSU because OSU started their did. their their fermentology program like in the early '80s, and then there were those first set breweries that came out of that. And uh, I know Deschutes started back in the like early to mid '80s, so that would make sense. I'll, I'll, I'll go with it. Why not? Yeah. Shout out Deschutes Brewing. Shout out Bend, Oregon. Shout out anyone joining us from Central Oregon. We appreciate you. I am drinking from Summit Brewing Company in St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, a Lake Crusher. It's an incredible summer beer. I am timing it with the recording of this podcast because it is a mostly orange can. Uh, you can see uh, Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox water skiing. As you know, nice. Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox, you know, they live in Minnesota. You know, real they love water skiing. Non-fictional people, of, of course, you know, they, uh, they love to water ski. Lake Crusher, Summit Brewing Company, very refreshing, incredible uh, summer beer. It comes in a 12-pack with the Cabin Crusher that is more lemon instead of tangerine. So highly recommend you uh, check out those beers wherever you are and shout out to summit brewing company visit them at summitbrewingcompany.com use <laughs> promo code belligerent thieves at checkout <laughs> for no discount whatsoever but maybe <laughs> one day i'm the midwest rep for the podcast let's get something together let's get into some of uh, the sports news you guys we talked a lot about football transfers in our last episode and we kind of need to keep talking about it because they keep coming not the same you know level as uh did somebody say done mo <laughs> but you know these good you know three stars uh quincy wright takari hickle jake velling the the latest to join jonathan smith and the future here in corvallis so it's just so exciting and we can't really uh keep track or you know it's 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 weird to be in july and have all of this you know news of guys coming to oregon state like there hasn't been this sort of buzz around recruiting and andrew nemick tweeting today that oregon state football getting a top 40 class with transfers included nationally is in 
in the cards. That's insane. Like, I know we talked about this. We don't need to beat a dead horse of just like how excited we are about what Smith is doing. But after, you know, a week or two since we last talked about it, what are your guys' thoughts on some of the new guys we've heard about? And Andrew Nemec saying that top 40 is definitely in the conversation. Before we jump in on like the new guys, I think you have to look at this from like a trend perspective. When Oregon State was good at football, Uh, we constantly were getting mid forties to breaking top 40 recruiting classes nationally. Were we really? Yes. Top 40? Yes. Okay. In the later years of Riley, it was slipping a lot. And then of course the GA era, which we all want to forget about was even worse. We're kind of returning to normal on this. However, the way I see it is Riley in his recruiting classes, they slipped every single year, pretty much. He kind of had lost his recruiting touch or whoever was on his staff that was helping him pull in some of these bigger names. The Anderson era was just an absolute flop from every perspective. Gary Gary Anderson's Voldemort. Just don't even say his name. Sure. (laughs) But with the Smith era, it's accelerating in the right direction, even if it means us returning to what was kind of the norm. We always should be top 40, at least. Like it's asinine to accept that we shouldn't be. Uh, And we have been that way for the last eight years or more now. So it kind of feels like the norm, but it's really not. I'm seeing this now really moving in the right direction. Yeah, they're all like three-star guys, but at the same point, like you have to stack talent. You can't just right. have like, well, we got a star at three stars and we've got a bunch of walk-ons backing them up. Like we need to have these guys competing in practice. We need to show like, hey, if somebody goes down, we're not at a total loss because we've got some talented people behind them. And that breeds interest in the next level up. You don't get the flash in the pan four or five stars that we were getting because no one else offered them because they had character issues or they had school issues. This is how you build a sustainable program. And then if you can keep improving on your recruiting trail, we are on the right track. So regardless of these new guys, which is awesome that we just signed over the last two weeks, I think directionally, it says a ton about where we're headed. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that to sort of piggyback off what you're saying, like we need consistency too. And like Erickson was great at recruiting, but he was only at Oregon State for two or three years. And then you had three different stints with Riley. You had Gary Anderson in between there. And that's why I'm excited about Jonathan Smith, because I think genuinely he wants to be at Oregon State more than any of those other guys. And and maybe Riley's up there, but Riley always was lured away. He was always so easily lured away from Oregon State. And I think that Smith has proven that he can recruit just as well as any of those other coaches. And if you look at even like the three-star guys that Smith is getting, you look at the schools that we're going up against to get them, like Velling, he had offers from Michigan, Minnesota. I I know there were some other Power Five conferences that were, were trying to get him. But I mean, those are traditionally like really, really solid recruiting schools and and Smith is going toe to toe with them and, and getting guys over them. So I think that that is a sign of really good things to come. And, and to JP's point, like you have to stack the talent and you have to have a coach there for four or five years to be able to stack that talent. And then you add in the component of the, the sort of finalizing research stadium 
It's going to be the you know new crown jewel of at least the Pacific Northwest stadiums. So I think that will only help. And I mean, I think that Smith is is here to stay for the long term. So all signs are pointing up for Oregon State. But it's really nice to see that they are able to potentially get a top forty recruiting class when they really didn't make much noise last year at all. Right. Well, I knew we had some good classes in the past, but I always pegged Riley as like when he trots out a class of three stars, I'm talking like between 2006, 2009, you know, that great four year stretch primarily that I, I trusted him with those three stars. You know, Brandon cooks was a three star quiz. I think was a three star. James was a two star. Steven Pio was underrated, you know, like lots of guys like that. I think Dorian Smith was a three star. Just, I was like, he's get, he's finding diamonds in the rough. It's not my, my memory that we were getting, respect from national media that Riley's classes were ever top 40. JP, I agree with you that we shouldn't have this expectation that like, well, if we're top 60, top 70, that puts us 50th percentile and that's good enough because, you know, it's not. We're a power five school. You know, the expectations need to rise a little bit more than that. But I just, I never, you know, it is, you know, sports writers and the media who vote on these kinds of things. So I, you know, am feeling more optimistic by them saying that top 40 right now is even in consideration. Like I doubt we'll even end up getting there in their eyes. Now I'm not saying that like the class won't end up being good or anything, but just like to be receiving that medium level of respect, I think is something that we haven't seen in, in at least 10 years. And maybe, maybe it was more respect happening in the Riley era. Cause there were some, you know, big wins and pretty good teams there, but I think uh, it's, it's exciting stuff. All of this, you know, talk about Jonathan Smith, a friend of the pod, Joe maybe who went to UW and is a Washington fan who had Smith as their offensive coordinator at university of Washington before he took the Oregon state job. But he told me then is like, it's a great hire for Oregon state for one reason. And one reason only it's because if it works out, he'll stay there forever. And there's a lot of other coaches who would have just used it as, you know, a stepping stone to get to USC or try to get to like the sec or like when a school like, you know, Texas A&M has a scandal or something, those jobs open up like Smith getting a brand new stadium. If he's a good coach, he'll be in Corvallis for 40 years. And I hope he is. Yeah. The other thing that I would add with Smith is that he has a little bit of that Riley touch with those three-star recruits that come in with like Jefferson, right? I mean, he was a three-star coming in and, and we saw what Smith was able to do with him. So if he can pull some of that Riley magic where Riley was able to turn some of these three-star guys into legit stars. I mean, the the ceiling is really high for Oregon State football in the years to come. That has me so excited for Demir Collins. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. haven't even talked about Demir Collins. We haven't yet. talked about Demir Collins on this podcast right. yet. And I think dating back over a year ago, Demir Collins was in the notes sheet for like the first sample episode we ever put together. So Demir will get his moment in the sun, uh, but let's move on. Well, hold on. Let's just talk about some of these guys, right? Like Quincy Wright. We got Takari Hickel and Jake Williams. We even talked about how's it going to work? I bet some of these guys probably transfer after this year when there's not enough <laughs> football to go around, but that, you know, the cream's going to rise to the top. And if, especially if they stay healthy, it's going to be, it's going to be hard, but that's, that's a good problem to have. And it's guys like Tyjon Lindsay and champ Flemings might find themselves on the outside looking in, but you know, even you know, Trevon Bradford is the receptions leader on the team right now. And you know, you got Trey, the, the three big transfers, Makaya Tong, Treshawn Harrison, and uh, John Dunmore. Those are the sexier names that are easy to get excited about, but they they don't by no means have their spots handed to them. If they don't perform, they're not going to play. So while you can go about seven or eight deep in this receiver room, which we did (laughs) excessively last week and had a lot of fun doing it, I would bank on one or two of them, you know, 
maybe not sticking around and maybe not working out. But I think that's just part of it. And competition brings out the best in everyone. So you just got to hope that the cream will rise to the top and Bradford feels this happening and has a career year as the veteran in that group. And that uh, this pushes guys, you know, like Flemings and uh, Lindsay and Zariah Beeson, young guys we've seen flashes out of to just get even better. You almost think like this is also one of the few years where we don't have a running back that's really established. You almost think that Smith could mix it up and, and do, you know, four or five wide receiver sets, which like Smith didn't really show that risk factor in, in play calling or, or formations since he's been head coach, but seems like that would make sense to do something like that. Yeah. Manufacturer. Tight end for Four receiver sets, open backfields. Yes. This is where this is where you hear everyone the, run. <laughs> the sports commentators say like gadget plays for play, like which really just means a handoff to Champ Flemings. Um, but also uh, the last football note um, on the list is Beeves open as five and a half point underdogs in Purdue, but. I think the odds makers made that without taking into account that Buihage will be in the stands that night with the mustache. Lafayette, with the mustache will be maybe not you, but the mustache will definitely be there. I think that's good for at least a half a point. I think we're all like, man, I, I, I think we're all predicting that the bees win at Purdue, but I don't think any of us are surprised to see the line open at this. No, no, it's it's an away game at a Big Ten school and both schools are predicted to be in the bottom half of their conference. So I, I wasn't surprised at all by the spread, but I do think that Oregon State wins. And I think Oregon State wins because of their defense, to be completely honest. Like it I was, thought you were going to say oh, because of my mustache. Because <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm not yeah. going to shut up. Someone just crashed their car because they're tired of me saying mustache over and over again. I'm not going <laughs> to stop talking about your mustache. Well, I don't think that our defense gets any worse and we have added a lot of pieces to the defense um and what like as an odds maker what are you left with you're left with basically like what the team was last year essentially right? so yeah I, I would i would honestly be surprised if oregon state didn't come away with the victory which i don't know if you guys feel the same way but maybe that's just because we've been talking about you know, how hot the recruiting is and and how well we think that the team's going to do this year but i would be disappointed if they didn't come away with the win i mean okay yeah i'd be absolutely disappointed but to me, it seems like a toss up that could come down to the wire where there's a field goal that Purdue pulls away and some betters are happy and Purdue comes out on top. But like, yeah, we travel east. We don't play well, especially to start seasons. And we've talked about that before. It's like Stark no. men marching south in Game of Thrones. <laughs> yes, I, I think so. <laughs> Did you not watch Game of Thrones, Benny? No. What? No. All right, we're gonna Never. have to. We're gonna have to table this. <laughs> this is when we get our Patreon going, and there's you know bonus belligerence. We're workshopping that title, <laughs> but belligerent beefs bonus content. Uh, this is gonna be me and JP just yelling at Weehage for never watching Game of Thrones. That is pretty <laughs> ridiculous, especially we were all in Portland when like Game of Thrones was getting huge. How did you just not end up watching it by hanging out with us? I don't know. Uh, you were was this because you were working at that tanning place? on Sunday nights and frozen yogurt place. <laughs> <laughs> I had the jobs of like a 16 year old girl after college. <laughs> yeah, that definitely is a schedule conflict with, you know, premium cable on Sunday That's nights. Right. All right. Well, we'll stop giving you shit for that, man. And yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll record the, the very first uh, belligerent beefs <laughs> bonus hour. We'll be giving you a bunch of shit for not watching, you know, what some consider the television event of the century. I can't um, wait. Let's move on to basketball and we'll start with uh, a bit more somber news not to mess with the 
the positive mood in here. But guys, like uh, so I'll raise our glasses and toast to former Beaver basketball coach of the 90s, Eddie Payne, who passed away recently. RIP coach, thank you for all you did for Beaver Nation. Cheers to uh, Eddie Payne. Cheers, coach. Cheers. You know, that guy, he was put in a hard situation here at OSU, to be honest. A program that was storied, that was fledging and had the violations and everything else and to try to steer the ship right. And I think he's still thought of fondly in Beaver Nation through his, what, six seasons or so. But he's he's like beloved you know, everywhere he's coached. So it's tremendously sad to lose anybody under 70, especially. But right. uh, for one of our own in Beaver Nation, yeah, we, we mourn for you, Eddie Payne. Yeah. yeah. And it's like one of those things where, I mean, you're spot on. It was such a tough position for him to come into. And it was sort of like someone had to do the job and he stepped up. So you have to give him props for that. Yeah. Right. And he had, I think it was the 96 year, maybe. No, maybe 99. Sorry. I, I read I read the obituary that was uh, printed in Oregon Live. That was really good. But there was one year where they won four or five games against top 10 teams, uh, but just, you know, ran out of gas and had, followed that up with, a, I think, a five or six game losing streak. So it just was never quite able to get over the hump that we've seen many coaches try to get over uh, at Oregon State. So it's a tough job. It was a tough job then. It's it's a tough job now. But yeah, thank you to uh, Eddie Payne and you know our uh, our wishes and and vibes and good cheers are uh, are with the uh, with the Payne family. Um, but we can talk also. T- we want to talk about uh, Oregon State's current basketball coach Wayne Tinkle, who grew up in Chicago, Illinois, which made the victory over a little. Chicago and sister Jean and them Jesuits, uh, even sweeter. Um, he's he, ha, has he thrown out the first pitch or is he throwing out the first pitch? JP, you were following the story closer. Yeah. He's throwing it out in August. Okay. Yeah. So he's got some time. He's got um, some time to warm up, but even more so they reached out to him like right after the March madness run asking if he'd want to do it to me. I'm a little worried. To be honest, it feels like somebody's working through the Cubs organization to try to lure Tinkle back home. But I'm hoping it's just for all fun and some good laughs and that he promptly flies back to Corvallis uh, where he stays for the foreseeable future. No, this would be such a weird, you know, little ploy to try to try and lure lure him away. Do you think that they'd be luring him to Loyola or like Northwestern? No. They need 81 first pitches a year. All right. It's hey, Wayne, I'm <laughs> glad that the baseball team you grew up cheering for as you do this. It's sweet. But like, it's not that crazy of an honor. They have 80 plus slots to fill. <laughs> I don't know that, you know, North, the Northwestern boosters are meeting with the Cubs. <laughs> like, did you, did you see that Oregon State Loyola game? Get to get Tinkle to come throw a first pitch in <laughs> August. <laughs> if that's it, then more power to him. I, so we're I not worried. I'm not okay, worried. because I was thinking like, when was the last time as an Oregon State fan, we were worried about a coach being poached? The only reason why I'm worried, I'm not worried about the Chicago Cubs first pitch, but the fact that <laughs> his, his son is no longer there, which that was the case last year, but now Ethan is gone, right? So now all the coaches' kids are out. I feel like that makes it a little bit more enticing or at least 
his mind can go in that direction now. <laughs> and they did just make it to the Elite Eight. And so as he, he knows his name is hotter right now than it could potentially be in a, for a very long time. So, uh, you know, if, if, if you're a businessman, like you're thinking about taking advantage of that, it doesn't seem like he's done that so far. So I'm not terribly worried about it, but that is the only thing that I would have you worried about. He just got a really nice extension that I don't think a lot of schools would match at this point. That's true. Yeah. Like, and you know what? His, you guys, his track record isn't that great. I, I know the reasons he bias. We want to put him in the college basketball hall of fame right now, which he deserves to be in. Uh, he's in the belligerent beefs hall of fame for sure. Even though we haven't had a formal induction ceremony on the pod for him yet. Uh, coach you're in, don't worry about it. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, total if, shoe in. If, if, if without the elite eight run, I don't think this podcast exists. So he was, <laughs> he, he was already inducted before we even recorded an episode. I will say there is at least a moment when I think we're maybe not worry is the right word. After uh, Robinson's first year, he was on the Jim Rome show and Jim Rome asked him about this because it was seen. I think we do forget because the next five seasons of the Robinson era were just wildly mediocre. But that first season was a really incredible job by him. People forget how bad the six and 25 team was overall the year before Jim Rome said, like, you could be getting some phone calls, man. Like, are you picking those calls up? Are you listening? And Robinson said it would take a hell of a phone call to get him out of Corvallis. Mm-hmm. And it turned out he wasn't able to improve upon that about 500, you know, CBI team mark. But that jump from the absolute bottom of the barrel to CBI champions is a damn impressive step to take. And looking back on it, I wouldn't have been surprised if another program tried to poach Robinson. Side note, I will say that the CBI championship game against, was it UTEP? It wasn't a game. It's a best of three series, which is so awesome. It was the (laughs) most fun I've had at a home Oregon State basketball game. It was packed. It was It was a total sellout. Yeah. What other school is going to pack their gym for the CBI tournament? We did. And it (laughs) was great. It was only like kind of ironically the games were broadcasted spectacularly on HD net and quads <laughs> was the only bar in Corvallis Quad. that got that channel. No, it wasn't the only bar. It was like the only, the only place like, no, no, yeah. <laughs> no houses got it. So like we, we lost game two. So then the, the decisive game three, which usually only gets thrown out in college world series jargon between Oregon state and UTEP. I, it felt like all of Corvallis was at quads. They're at capacity. People were watching the game through the big window that's what and I did. We, we celebrated so hard when Ricky Clatt went off for like 28 points to beat UTEP in game three <laughs> of the 2008 CBI. That was one of my favorite <laughs> memories of college. That was great. Yeah. Oftentimes when, you know, a team wins a national championship, there's that overhead shot of like the main bar street of people just like running outside of every single bar and like congregating in the middle of the street. And it's this chaos. There was, there wasn't a camera overhead, whatever, but I like to think of, you know, just an aerial view of Claude's where it's not every bar. It's just one bar. And it's for the CBI, but there definitely was that moment where like the score went final and we just like were running around and we ran outside of Claude's and we're like on Monroe, like jumping and hugging and we were doing it to make fun of ourselves. But it honestly was so fucking fun. And just after, I think I went to every single home game when we went 0-18 in conference play the year before. I don't know why, probably because the alternative was studying. And that's something I just didn't do at that point in my Oregon State career. That was an incredible moment. 
moment. And I think Craig Robb rode a lot of, a lot of heat into the off season and could have been poached by like Texas Wesleyan or fucking somebody. I don't know. <laughs> the only thing I could think of that's similar would be the perpetual Riley to USC rumors. Rumors were always so weird. Yeah, that was the only other time. I know Riley was a successful assistant at USC, and I don't want to, you know, diminish that part of his career, but he's just not a USC guy. He didn't fit as the head coach in Nebraska, which is a program with a lot of history, but has been mediocre as fuck for a while. Going from Pete Carroll to Riley is just something USC never would have done. You have to have a slime factor to you to be the coach of USC. And as much as it was frustrating watching him come to Oregon State, then leave Oregon State, then come back to Oregon State, then leave Oregon State. He's not a slimy guy. (laughs) A really good guy. And you have to have a little bit of slime to you to be the head coach of USC. Pete Carroll has a lot of slime to him. Yes. I mean, he's a slimy dude. And that's why I feel he hasn't aged a day in like 45 years. Uh, and there's just something deeply unnatural about what's going on there. He also enjoys hanging out with like 23 to 30 year olds, which is weird if you're 65 years old. But is it not to defend Pete Carroll, but is it? Yeah, it's weird. I get exhausted hanging out with people that are in their early 20s and I'm only 34. (laughs) (laughs) Not even a month ago, we all got exhausted hanging out with people our own age when we were all in Portland (laughs) together. I'm a 33-year-old who gets exhausted hanging out with other (laughs) (laughs) 33-year-olds. I can't imagine a 40-year age gap trying to keep up. But this isn't a football segment. This is a basketball segment. And we get get the good news that uh, Maurice Latiche, Roman Silva, and Maurice Kalou are officially coming back to Oregon State. Yes. This was expected a long time ago. I didn't know that Kalou had put his name in, and I know like all three of them were just sort of testing the waters. And you know, it's good to go through that process, and you get to talk to people and go through interviews and workouts that are really helpful. So it makes sense for them to do that. But yeah, I, I was not ever anticipating losing Kalou, and to just to know that we're not, I'm I'm very happy about it. The only jersey for sale on the Oregon State website right now is a number one jersey that is Jared currently Kalu's number. It's Maurice Kalu, oh. Jared Cunningham, <laughs> you know, all of the greats. J1 flight, <laughs> hashtag cunning slam. Hey, that was one of my favorite Mike Parker calls though. Shout outs to Mike Parker, who's not listening, but hopefully one day soon he will be. When he had, I think it was a put back dunk against uh, Arizona and he it yelled, was. Jared Cunningham kisses the sky. Just yes, that was wonderful. Mike Parker, wordsmith. That may have been the best basketball highlight while we were in college. College. It could I think have been. Oh, yeah, still in college. Yeah. yeah. Um, there yeah. you are still in college. But either way, it felt like I was. <laughs> I think, uh, but I, I recently rewatched uh, just, you know, and like making notes and stuff for this podcast. I watched the the condensed highlights of the, the YouTube on YouTube of our March Madness wins. And he went off against Oklahoma State. And Vern Lundquist has a great soundbite. I think it's in the second half. Maybe it's the first half because we got off to kind of a slow start and Kalu hit like three or four just crazy threes. And after the last one, Lundquist just laughs and then just says in his very, you know, potent, heavy, Vern Lundquist, the announcer voice, oh, he is a flamethrower. <laughs> so now anytime I look at Maurice Kalu, who isn't your conventional looking three-point shooter, he's like a big dude who, you know, can, you know, push people around inside, but also can shoot really well. I just think Maurice Kalu 
flamethrower and he's a first team selection to the all Terry team. I fucking love that guy. So happy to have the three of them back. And you guys uh, think these guys are uh, ready to, to make a, make another run back up this elite eight year. Nothing less. <laughs> Anything. Hey, on the, on the topic of tinkle moving, if he doesn't go to the elite eight again, Loyola Chicago can have him stay in Chicago. <laughs> what have you done for us lately? <laughs> We've been talking about football a lot, but I am very excited for basketball season because we're obviously losing Thompson and he was a huge, huge part of the team last year. Pretty much hands down the best player. I don't think you'll get an argument from anyone, but everyone else is, has one more year of experience. Um, is Michael coming back? No, I don't think he's coming no. back. No, no, Michael's not if- coming back. I, and I respect that. I feel like those guys played on some shitty teams have both played right like off five into years. the sunset. Yeah. Yeah. Like, go, sure. go to go play in Austria for like a hundred grand a year and just chill. Right. Like, <laughs> you don't owe Oregon state anything more than you just gave us. I think Alatiche has the potential to be significantly better than Thompson was last year though. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and you can and make the that argument that he was even the best player on the team last year. At the end. Yes. He kind of rounded into form in the last couple of weeks before the Pac-12 right. tournament. And then the Pac-12 tournament, he really hit his stride. Right. He was the right. best defensive player for sure. And his, his shot wasn't really falling in the NCAA tournament and he has some offensive limitations, but ah. Yeah, I'm excited for them, though. I think that they have the potential to uh, make it into the NCAA tournament without giving us all a heart attack um, while, while doing it. <laughs> heart attack was kind of fun, though. We're never going to have a ride like that with any sports team that we follow. That was just so unique and unbelievable. It really was. It would take decades to kind of reset the picture, why it was meaningful, why the run was crazy, all the history behind it. It would literally take 40 years of repeating exactly what has happened over the last 30 plus years. Yeah. And then have that happen again if for the basketball team. Like that's, yeah, the odds are <laughs> slim to none that would occur again. And that so. it was just six straight winner go home wins that we had. Like, yeah. And we, the, the UCLA one, Benny was like, oh, Johnny Hunt just hit the backboard. We're going into overtime, not oh, looking yeah, good. Watch it. And we couldn't watch it. I activated the five minute preview right before a nine minute like replay review. So I saw none of it. <laughs> Dude, I was driving to California. So I had my phone plugged into CarPlay and it was Siri was reading every text out loud through the car. Oh, that must have been insufferable, but necessary. Oh. It was so brutal. I actually finally got on the radio at the last bit, but like the radio was also delayed because it wasn't the AM radio. It was actually streaming through iHeartRadio. So Benny's updates were actually faster than iHeartRadio. Right. So I was like quickly interchanging between the two and I felt like there was an update I needed. Benny, you went, you went dark in overtime and you were yeah, our you did only outlet. There was like a three minute period where I would have too because you were just watching the drama unfold. Yeah. And enjoying yeah. it. But yeah, you were lucky. You left time, us hanging, buddy. Oregon State hit a basket. Yuri, who's my girlfriend, uh, she'd be like, oh, are you going to text your little buddies about this again? <laughs> I love Yuri so much. I've never oh. met her, but are you, you know going to text was... your little buddies? That's yeah. so funny. You know what? Shout to you, Yuri. You know what I was thinking uh, about that run and what made it also so special is that it happened after we had been spending the last year doing nothing except being at home. And and so we had to have an outlet and that could have happened to, to I mean, there's a good run every year with some team. Uh, there's always a Cinderella story, but the fact that ours happened to fall 
into the time frame where things are starting to open back up. And like, it was just the perfect timing for that to happen. I well, like I said on the under review pod, or maybe it was ours too, whatever, either way, I did say it felt like this was a continuation of what should have happened in traces last year, pre pandemic. So yeah. it was kind of like this, like pent up excitement. Oh, we're on a run. We're going to, there's something that's going to happen. And then it was like, Oh no, there's a pandemic. It's going to, it's going to put everything on pause for the next 12 months. So that's, that's true. The other thing. So bringing up the UCLA, game what i didn't i just realized this now is that like that game was on pac-12 network carrie had to try to sign up for the five minute free preview jp couldn't like no one could get it across the country but at the end of the day like those were two of the eight last teams left and no one was paying any attention which is why we're so fucking happy larry scott's gone (laughs) good lord (laughs) that's so true the pac-12 was everyone was on twitter during the SEC term is like whoa where is this coming from from the pac-12 it's like maybe if you could have watched the fucking conference tournament you've seen how good seven of these teams are right like i'm not gonna larry see we i feel like last episode was very healing and very therapeutic i'm not bringing that larry scott weak ass energy in here again because this is uh, supposed to be a happy podcast so i'm going to bring up the name of another old white man <laughs> who is fucking worthless and i despise glenn taylor but not that glenn taylor a different glenn taylor a better glenn taylor who spells his name differently which might help as i watch him play for my favorite college basketball team but glenn taylor jr g-l-e-n-n two n's very important officially signs for oregon state basketball four star small forward ranked by someone that jp is referencing as the 22nd in the nation i'm not seeing a source there so i'm just going to delete one of those twos and say second best in the nation and (laughs) number one in our hearts but the question that you did write in here jp is very good and very important it's not anything about the actual glenn taylor jr and what he brings to the table for oregon state sports it's terry will you ever root for someone named glenn taylor what's the answer and the answer is maybe (laughs) (laughs) i mean the 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 other glenn taylor he's destroyed your life yes he has glenn taylor with one n has destroyed your life Mm-hmm. He has made you a miserable sports fan. And yeah, it's the team I care about. It's a team I love the most that deserves my love the least. <laughs> Listener, if you have no idea who we're talking about, there's a good reason why. <laughs> it's because we're talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, <laughs> I love the Minnesota Timberwolves like many do in this state. I, I will ride or die for the Timberwolves fan base. It's when everyone says like, oh, they can just move because who cares? Fuck you. Our fans are great. But the team sucks. It's always sucked. Uh, protect Anthony Edwards at all costs. He's our only hope. <laughs> so Glenn Taylor is the toxic owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves who did just sell the team to Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez. Yes, that Alex Rodriguez. And most Minnesotans say the only good thing Glenn Taylor did was buy the Wolves in 94 when they're about to move to New Orleans and keep the team here. The counterpoint to that is that's the worst thing he did because I probably wouldn't have noticed if the team had moved in 1994. <laughs> I was six. Garnett wasn't here yet. And it just would have been another like embarrassing thing. And they probably still would have been really bad in new Orleans and then probably would have moved somewhere else. Who knows? So you would have had the new Orleans Timberwolves and the Utah jazz. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they would have changed their name to something better than the Pelicans. Probably. 
Probably something better than the Pelicans. Yeah. I don't want the Pelicans in the movie either, but when they were like, we're going to change the name from the Hornets, I was like, Ooh, like this is, you know, we, we all love rebrands here. We're all yeah. kind of nerds for that stuff. Ah, they just kind of, they kind of screwed that one over. Maybe, maybe Peloton will get enough money and they'll buy the New Orleans Pelicans and let's be the New Orleans Peloton. And then I like it. <laughs> yeah, JP will change. love it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Alex Toussaint is the head coach. Uh, and then, yeah. and then they, they activate their greatness. Out the third. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he says after halftime. It's not even the best animal in New Orleans. They could have been like the New Orleans alligators. That would have been cool. We're getting off topic. Glenn Taylor Jr. Great, great get <laughs> for Wayne Tinkle's team. Yes, I'll cheer for him. Hey, Glenn Taylor Jr. Uh, yes, I, I will support you. I'm, I'm a big fan from what I've seen. Please just don't take away one of the ends from your name so I can differentiate you from the Glenn Taylor that I hate. And uh, I, I look forward to this partnership of you playing basketball and me cheering for your basketball. Who's to say which one is more important in this partnership between us? Neither can exist without the other. So welcome to the Beaver fam, Glenn Taylor Jr. Glenn with two ends. Uh, my guy. Uh, yes, you guys, I, I can support Glenn Taylor Jr. And anyone who uh, ever takes the black and orange and uh, plays basketball at Oregon State. You yeah, know he this. just in the middle of this pod tweeted some pictures out of him in full uniform. So oh, nice. Um, yeah, counted me out. I put the city on my back. He said Vegas made showtime. All right. Now Vegas I love him. Made. Yeah. When I looked Glenn Taylor Jr. up, I thought he was from Arizona. He played, yeah, down in like Chandler or something, right? But I think yeah. he might have been from Vegas. And then his Twitter handle is ISO Glenn one. So we may see a lot of ISO ball from him. I don't have any expectation for uh, everyone has to play according to their Twitter handle. Well, <laughs> I do. I stay true and real. That's why I'm Trill J. I am Terry Horseman, and that's why I'm at Terry Horseman. So it's very <laughs> <laughs> that's impressive though by by tinkle to go down and get the number four player in the state in a state that has two very good programs uh one yeah. really really good program it's something to say that's awesome wasn't cunningham a yeah. uh, recruit out of arizona too no cunningham no, he was, was from uh california oh yeah. he he decommitted from arizona state to come to oregon state yeah that's right mm. cunningham's from oakland Shout out to you, Jared right. Cunningham. Oh yeah, that's right. I knew that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, also on that note, you know, uh, I'm T Terry Horseman 42 on the Peloton app. If any of our <laughs> listeners are on Peloton and want to ride along with JP and I, we'll get Benny on the app someday soon. Uh, maybe um, he's on the Peloton mustache app. <laughs> <laughs> Benny's just doing mustache rides and they're free. You don't have to pay the Peloton <laughs> subscription. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We're getting canceled for sure. This is our last episode. All right. So since it, since it's our last episode, let's do one more segment. Uh, JP, do you want to lead us into baseball? Who shared this? One of you guys shared this about, I, uh, I sent it. Yeah, Tyree yeah. Reed in the midst of announcing he was withdrawing from the draft to attend OSU also shared a video of him throwing a baseball 110 yards on the fly. And it was like the most bananas video I've ever seen. Yeah, he threw it from the end zone line of one side through the uprights of the other side. Yeah, 
it's not through the uprights. He calls his shot. He says from the goal line to the left goalposts, they hit 110 it. yards away and he hits it. Yes. He was a junior in high school when that video was made. So I'm quite excited about that. We're putting uh, this in the show notes for sure. This is an awesome video. And I don't get excited about high school baseball videos ever. And this one, I was like, oh shit. So, you know, if I sent it, <laughs> then it's pretty cool. So like shout out to Mitch and the crew for getting this guy to commit in spite of being considered in the draft. I don't know where he was really projected to go, but it doesn't matter. A lot of these kids still out of high school, they'll take like a late round selection and they take their small bonus and work their way through the minors versus going to going to college. And it's a big commitment when you say, no, I'm going to withdraw from the draft. Like that's three years now that you can't go back and getting this guy in like awesome. And the, the viral nature of his video is also very cool. We don't have very many viral moments as a school it was from the sports center twitter account it wasn't yeah. like yeah. usa baseball like high school ba- it wasn't baseball guy twitter it was the sports center twitter account yeah exactly and i was like most of our viral moments are us rushing the field beating usc or oregon so like or, to see or something USC again <laughs> yeah or oregon <laughs> again too like whatever either way seeing this getting a ton of love on social media was super cool so real quick question about him though on his twitter avatar it's him in a team usa jersey did he play he obviously did play for some national team do you know which one that was no i don't know offhand but some junior team i think can i ask another dumb ignorant question that i didn't bother to look up after looking at this video going oh my god and sending it to you guys what position does he play (laughs) i think he's an outfielder that would make sense The, the the throwing video makes me think he's an outfielder but also I don't know. So a lot of these guys in high school are like, like you see their like draft profile and it's like all the outfield positions, shortstop and left-handed pitcher. (laughs) So I'm looking up Tyree. Now his prospect profile here is extremely athletic lean, six foot two, 181 outfielder out of Vallejo, California. Yes. So JP give five seconds of Mac Dre into the pot. I'm in motion. I will. I'll do that. I'll I'll cut it. Seconds of a rapper in every episode from now on. (laughs) His pro rating is a 9.55 out of 10. His college rating is a 9.55 out of 10. His hitting is a 9.5 out of 10. His power is a 9.2 out of 10. His fielding 9.5 out of 10. His arm 9.5. Speed and mechanics are 9.7. His body is 9.5. So this was a really serious get. Um, or someone just so, got really lazy and just put nine for everything. Tyree Reed owns that website that I just clicked on. <laughs> so it's tyreereed.com. <laughs> but he's uh, in California, the number one outfielder, number 12 outfielder in the nation, 58th best player in the nation. Okay. Nice. So he probably could have been, I think with like the MLB draft, like that puts him in probably that range where like someone could have been like, Oh, like let's bet on his potential in as early as like rounds, like rounds three or four, but he also probably could have lasted until like round 14, whatever. It seems like those guys, you know, and you still get a nice little payday there, but it seems like a lot of those guys, there's just an ocean of, possibility between the highest they could go and the lowest they could go. So welcome to the Beaver fam, Tyree. It's nice to have you look forward to more viral videos. Um, Chop them. Chop Chop them. Yeah. Done. Mo. Wait. All right. (laughs) And uh, JP, you uh, also found some nice little nuggets uh, on the rest of the MLB draft. So why don't you uh, take us through those? 
we're in day two of the draft right now. Obviously there's like 800 rounds in the MLB draft. So odds are there's going to be more news to report, but uh, this is where we stand as of we've been drafted at this point, but we're going to go back to school and play for Canem because we believe in hard hats. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to get on a track with Canem and do O-State ball as part right. three. There's part three. Ooh, you know, we're winning a national championship. You get, uh, get four 30 plus white guys on the same rap track <laughs> about the college world series. You can't make a whiter rap song. <laughs> Play five seconds of O state ballers. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Let's talk about uh, Kevin Abel. Sorry. Kevin Abel. <laughs> Kevin Abel is the first player off the board for the Beavs. Seventh round, 18th pick of the round, 210th overall to the Reds. Kevin Abel gave his arm for us and for uh, a championship and best of luck. We also had Chase Watkins drafted shortly after like this, the day, the day two in the MLB draft moves so fast. It's like the day four of the NFL draft. It's like, everyone's got their picks lined up already. It's okay. One of these six guys and they're still here. <laughs> we, we looked at them this morning and they're still around. All right. We'll take that guy. So um, not to take away anything of anyone drafted today, but Chase Watkins to the Cubs. Ninth round, 22nd pick, 274th overall. He, he can help Tinkle throw out that first pitch. Yeah, nice. Hopefully he gets the yeah. bigs he'll, by he'll, he'll August. He'll totally be in the yeah. bigs by August as a ninth round pick in yeah. July. <laughs> that works, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe when, that, maybe when that, Tinkle is coaching in Chicago, he'll throw out more <laughs> first pitches. <laughs> <laughs> and by then, Chase Watkins will be like the uh, the – I don't know, closer or something for the Cubs. And <laughs> we'll see what, uh, if he's catching the balls so it, for Tinkle. Is that it? We haven't had anyone else drafted well, that was since it for day two, day two. So obviously we've talked a lot about Trevor Larnack on this podcast. So my favorite team, the twins, I'm from Minnesota. If you guys didn't know that pretty sure everyone knew that. So the twins have drafted Larnack, but before that there is an Oregon state athlete who the Minnesota twins drafted. And I want each of you to try and guess who it is. It's not a baseball player. Damn it. You caught me. It's not a baseball player. He at one point played baseball. Otherwise, well, maybe, maybe he didn't. The twins could be that dumb, but. Okay. Yes. Let me ask two questions. Did he play professionally in another sport? No. Can we start this question over? I missed half this. All right. Let, <laughs> let me, let me ask this in a, a better way. A non Oregon state baseball player, but Oregon state athlete who was drafted by the Minnesota twins. Mm. And he used to play baseball. He did not play baseball at Oregon State. Was he drafted our, before our era, he went to Oregon State? Yes. Our era. He was drafted out of high school and he played a different sport at OSU. That's uh, my answer. <laughs> I have no just idea. Name a fucking player. You're not going to get it right, but just humor me. Steven Paya. Calvin Haynes. <laughs> <laughs> we got Calvin Haynes and Steven Paya. <laughs> Steven Paya would be such a badass baseball player. He would be like your version of Big Poppy. Exactly. That'd be <laughs> Who amazing. You had? Don't don't remind me. Uh it was Evanson Bernard. What? Oh, no Evanson Bernard drafted by the Minnesota Twins out of high school. He made the right choice. 
Probably, even though he didn't go pro in the NFL. But we love you, Ev. Not going to, you know, second guess that. Oh, man. Well, we've been talking for a long time. And JP, I feel like we've given you a lot of work to do just with the overall audio and order, you know, the chronology and uh, microphones and mustaches of this episode. But this has been another enthralling episode of the Belligerent Beeves podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. We're going to get to uh, more stuff uh, throughout the summer. We got Olympics in the uh, in the future. We're going to try and get uh, some uh, Oregon State basketball guests on. We're going to talk a little bit about Oregon State soccer alumni in a future episode uh, who, pl- who play in Major League Soccer. JP's shaking his head. We, Hage, and I are very excited. So, you know, <laughs> if you're a Timbers fans out there, most likely, but maybe even other MLS uh, MLS clubs in our listenership, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. Email us at belligerentbeeves at gmail.com and uh, share the show with a friend. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Keep listening to Andre Nicotina when you're not listening to the show. Chop them. Chop them. Chop them. Did somebody say Dunmo?